Hello, friends, and welcome to Java Jab, the bi-weekly podcast where I spout off about one of the many things that I am overly passionate about, and that is coffee. But, as I mentioned in my pilot episode, I'm going to be inviting some amazing pals onto this podcast so that they can spout off about things that they are passionate about, because it's better to spout when you're not lonely. Today, I have my good pal, Alex, who is an amazing woman. I'm so proud to be uh, considered a friend of hers. She is an absolutely amazing person because she also is a podcaster. Alex does an amazing kick butt podcast called Scarlet Letter Women, and it is about basically kick butt women throughout history. I feel like one day maybe someone will copy your idea, Alex, and you might be one of those women that is talked about. <laughs> <laughs> Alex is also a super well accomplished writer. Gotta just pump her tires for a minute here. Thank you, thank you. Alex has published two books, which are called. Tangled in Tennessee and Tangled on Tour, available on Amazon as ebook or hard copy. Oh, yeah. I think Thank I got this deal right. <laughs> so, <laughs> I have invited Alex on today because I know that Alex is passionate about many things. And one of them is women in the Bible. Now, <laughs> I myself am a uh, Catholic woman, um, person, I don't know. When we first met, you told me you were, and I quote, a Catholic witch, so. I mean, <laughs> she's not wrong, folks. <laughs> so, here's the thing. I uh, I was raised Roman Catholic. I am a fun, queer individual who uh, had a, a very complicated relationship with the Roman Catholic Church, left the Catholic Church, practiced witchcraft, uh, practiced Wicca, I practiced Nordic paganism, and then, you know, Whoop-dee-doo-da-day, I am back in the Roman Catholic Church with my own flavor. But uh, that is not what we're talking about today, because Alex <laughs> is here to talk about amazing, fun things. And I'm going to stop talking and let Alex take the flow. Okay, wait, before we talk about that, in your last episode, you were talking about coffee. Yes. And I just couldn't stop thinking about when I worked at Starbucks for like six years. Yes. Because people would always ask me like, oh, what does this coffee taste like? Like, tell me what Verona tastes like. And I don't drink coffee. Like, I cannot get used to the taste or anything. And so I'd always just have to lie to them. I'd be like, oh, yes, it's a very, like, bold flavor. Like, hits your whole tongue. Alex, breaking my heart. I know, I'm sorry. I just felt like I needed to confess that. (laughs) Because that's what Catholics do, right? (laughs) This is Alex's confession uh, yeah coffee confession that's why there's no priest present but i am present Ooh, you should make that a segment like coffee confessions coffee oh yes i like that mm-hmm. absolutely mm-hmm. coffee confessions well alex not only have you shattered my heart to a million little coffee beans sorry uh, <laughs> but you will somehow glue it back together by sharing your wisdoms and knowledges throughout this podcast and just making me have so much more faith in you. Oh god, that's a lot of pressure. <laughs> <I'm not sure. laughs> but I have my therapy dog on my lap. So if you hear like heavy breathing or like yawning, it's not me, it's the dog. Well, you know, uh, her name's Casey? Yes. Casey, if you yawn at my podcast, I might be a little offended. Casey, you gotta behave. <laughs> or you'll never be invited back. <laughs> oh, no. 
I'm a, I'm a sucker for dogs. I might invite her back. I won't Yeah. Yeah, I could come back and we could talk about dogs. Heck yeah, we can. Well, Alex, you are here to talk about women in the Bible. Yeah. I'm so excited. Please, please well, open where, us. Where should I begin? Oh, the, the very beginning. That is quite the question. <laughs> Maybe, oh, here, you know what, this this would be the best, I think, what drew you, like, because I know you're a Christian woman, mm-hmm. what, like, because I feel like there's always a battle, especially, like, when we read, you know, the stories in the Bible, and there's a lot of, well, let's not beat around the bush, there's some darn good sexism in the Bible. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, as a feminist and a Christian, where, how did you smush them together I'm curious yeah so I guess to start at the very beginning yeah I grew up Christian like pretty conservative like moderately conservative household um yeah I was very aware of like the bible the church I attended growing up was like pretty patriarchal it wasn't super in your face but like they were having debates on if like the elders who were all men if their wives should be allowed to sit in on the meetings like not vote just be present Hmm. so stuff like that or like in my first year of university our pastor I was on the worship team and he was asking everyone like oh what are you doing with your life so I said oh I'm at school I'm studying English literature and he literally patted me on the head and was like, oh, that'll be a really good way to keep occupied while you find a husband. Oh. And I was like, what? Man. And I just was so flabbergasted that he actually said that out loud to me that I didn't, like, I wish I had just slapped him across the face or something, but I didn't. But, so yeah, I ended up going to a Christian um, post-secondary school to study English Lit, and it was kind of the first time I'd been around just a lot of very outspoken um, women that were kind of more my peers, like my mom and my grandma and all the women in my family are like very outspoken badasses. Um, But it was just, it's different when you grow up with that versus when you meet someone brand new. And so I was seeing that. And then at the same time, I was seeing girls who I lived with because I lived on campus just get like knocked down by patriarchy that was like deeply ingrained still in the school at that time and just within Christianity in general and so like one of my friends her one of her professors said like oh for the women in class like this isn't going to be super applicable to you it was a class on preaching but it'll be good knowledge for you to have for when you're married if you marry a pastor or like (laughs) oh hold on are we talking about like we're talking about like the university that you now work at that I attend yeah so that was like one rogue professor that (laughs) I don't I don't remember even who I don't know who it was but I like the girl who this happened to she was telling me about it and I know for a fact he doesn't work there anymore they've like done a lot to move away from that so, yeah. like, I love that school and I love working there. So I don't want to defame them in any way. No, but, no, 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 no. Yeah, it was really interesting. And so then even, like, the men I went to school with would make... I shouldn't even call them men. They were just little boys. Would make Ooh. comments, like, um, just how, 
like we were there for bridal college to find husbands or like really weird things about like men being leaders and the head of the home and so it was just hard because I was watching all these like fiery wonderful strong women who were so passionate and like so clearly had been called by God to do incredible things just like really have to fight against this okay Casey, you can't make that noise. I am very interesting. <laughs> this is the biggest part of my story, Casey. Sorry. Just ruined it. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, I remember one girl in particular, Rebecca, she was training to become a pastor and, like, watching her struggle with that. And so it just was this, it became this really big internal conflict, like, okay, I love Jesus so much and, like, I do strongly believe in God and, like, think he's the bomb, but I can't, like, reconcile the Jesus I know with, like, this patriarchal figure I'm being told he is. And so it was really hard and um, I was just kind of getting lost. And at the same time, I was taking a class with this lady who's my favorite professor and she's like a very outspoken feminist and I was at the time like oh I've like heard of feminism but that's for like radical women who want to burn their bras and like that doesn't have anything to do with me I don't want anything to do with that but I was really starting to learn that like no feminism is just literally about women having equal rights and opportunities and responsibilities and so yeah it was this kind of big struggle between like the feminist inside of me starting to come out but then also like the good quiet Christian girl wondering (laughs) where her place fit into all of that yeah so yeah that was really hard but that summer was like the summer after my sophomore year I found this book called Jesus Feminist by Sarah Bessie have you ever read that one no I haven't actually okay I'm gonna give you my spare copy it's just like that book literally resurrected my faith and just basically nailed exactly kind of the stirring I already felt in my heart, which is like, no, Jesus was literally a feminist. Yeah. So like these things actually do go together perfectly. And yeah. so, yeah, that was like the start of the revolution for my spirit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's one thing, like just even you saying like a friend of yours was, you know, studying to become a pastor. Like that is one thing that I'm really you know kind of frustrated with the catholic church with is that women cannot be like they can't be priests oh no no they're nuts they're nuts well no like Mm -hmm. if women in the christian faith can which their faith is not that different than ours like yes roman catholicism like i don't like we could get into the differences Mm -hmm. which really like it's mostly like I always look at Roman Catholics as like, we are, you know, and I I jokingly say this, like any Roman Catholics listening, please don't come after me, but I always jokingly (laughs) say, we are the witchiest of the Christians because we are so ritually inclined. Yeah. The the cleansing with smoke, the anointing of oil and water, the, you know, (laughs) the burning of incense and the lighting of candles. Like there's a lot of ritual in the Roman Catholic Church. And I think that's like, honestly, my big appeal. I am a very, I'm very into rituals. I really dig, you know, ceremony and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's something I'm, it's always vibed with me. So I think that's why my big, my draw back to the church really yeah. was to the Catholic church. Like, I've attended, like, other, like, Anglican Baptist masses, and they're lovely, but they just, 
there's certain things missing for like me personally mm-hmm. the one thing that I've always been frustrated with is like why why do we separate these like people that have clearly devoted their entire life their their soul their calling is to the Lord and yet no women aren't on the same level they can't be they can't do in yeah. the couch whereas they can you know women can hold mass women can you know lead a, a wedding women yeah. can and that's the thing that I'm like hey what the heck man it is crazy like I feel like in our lifetime we're really seeing a big shift especially in the Christian churches towards women being more accepted but yeah. like um, I go to Springs Church in Calgary now, which is amazing. And like, I think over half of their pastoral team are females. But yeah. one of them, Eden, she was doing, they do at the end of worship, like a praise report of like good news stuff that happened for people in the church and like kind of a blessing over people. And Eden was doing it. And I remember standing there. It's my first Sunday there because my parents had attended for a couple of years. And I was just like done with the church because um, a lot had happened. But basically, I realized the church I thought was dope, like was very against women in leadership. So I was oh. like, I'm over it. But I went there and like I just stood there and sobbed. And people were looking at me like, why are you crying? This is like just the praise report like this is nothing we do this every week and my mom was like you were like getting pretty emotional like what was that about and I was like mom I'm at the time I was 26 like I'm 26 years old and that's literally the first time I've ever seen a woman get to speak with authority like that on stage in a church yeah like that was powerful so it is just crazy like yeah seeing these women who I know so clearly and it's so evident in their work and in their ministry that like this is what they were made to do and then being told "Mm, like you're good but you're probably not as good as that dude or like oh you're actually more qualified but it doesn't matter we're gonna accept this 19 year old who just barely passed his theology degree you know yeah (laughs) I mean and like I I think like a big thing like when I think about feminism like taking a step outside of like the, the faith lens for a second when I think about like my biggest encounters with feminism it was when I was in uh before I was at you know the university you and I both have attended slash work at mm-hmm. um I was doing my undergraduate degree uh I was it's it's now called Alberta University of the Arts it was called ACAD before right. um I did my BFA there and feminism was kind of like ah yes welcome to ACAD uh, over there is the painting studios over there is the sculpting studios and right here is where you have to sell your soul to the extreme extreme form of feminism i.e. the bra burning, the man hating, the uh, all encompassing shutting uh, down any kind of person who doesn't identify as a feminist or right. is female, their opinions don't matter there you go, you must sign your soul away now and I was like mm-hmm what so i like personally struggled in immensely with the term feminist and i still yeah. kind of do just because of that like it truly was like if you happen to not have the right genitalia it was almost the the opposite you know like mm-hmm. whereas women have been oppressed for so long it was like the second you walked into that school if you were a man or you identified as male 
you were immediately, nope, you don't matter. Shut the hell up. Sit down and don't open your mouth. Like, that was it. And it drove me bonkers yeah. because I was like, this is the exact opposite of what you are you have been screaming for. You well, know, it's you- <laughs> like the exact, it's like the flip from patriarchy to like a matriarchy, which is yeah. just as bad and toxic at the end of the day. Like, it's <laughs> exactly. the same thing. <laughs> for me, it was like, yeah, you can stand there and post a video of you making, you know, spit bubbles with lube for 30 (laughs) minutes pouring glitter all over you. Like, cool, good, great, good for you. Um, I, I, sure, I understand the, the, you know, we can talk about it. Sure, I can talk about it. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, you screaming at a male in the room who is not only pumping your tires and telling you how great your piece is, but saying that they, they think that they understand what you're going for. And then the person immediately turning around and screaming at them, saying they could never understand. You can't understand because you're a man. It's like, what are you achieving by creating this huge rift? Yeah. And so for me, it's always been like, I'm not, I, I've almost pushed feminism away from me. Yeah. And I've, I've clung to this term humanitarian because like, mm. at the end of the day, like being, being a queer person, like I struggle with the identity, like identifying with solely one or the other. That's something I yeah. can get into another day but it's like yeah humanitarian just it, it, if you're a human being I view you the exact same way no matter who you are where you come from yeah yeah it definitely is hard like it's only just recently am I comfortable saying aloud like oh yeah I'm a feminist like <laughs> I still find myself like yeah I'm a like a like a feminist but like a, a chill one like I'm pretty <laughs> cool and pretty laid back like not like a crazy like I'm not like you know like what you see in the news but like very chill like I love Jesus like guys are great <laughs> you know and you feel like you have to qualify because it has become like our idea of feminism I think is like a very radical version because that's what we see portrayed like in the yeah. media and everywhere around us like I know even my parents um, as I've like done speaking things about it, I've been like, well, maybe you shouldn't use the word feminism. Like, <laughs> you should use a different word. But for me, it's like, well, we use the same word for like Christianity just because the Westboro Baptists are insane. Like, we have to pick a new word. Like, yeah. if you actually do your research, you'll figure out what the word genuinely means. But it's true. It's like, tough. It's hard having those conversations because people come into it with so many assumptions just based on that one word alone. And it is so sad. Like, yeah, I've seen a lot of kind of the anti-feminist stuff where it is like, men need to die. We don't need them. Like, we're burning all our bras. And it's like, okay, bras are expensive. First off, I will not be burning mine. Okay. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I like, paid $60 for this at Victoria's Secret. Dang. Yeah, honestly, the whole bra burning thing, like, I feel like we need to just stop putting so much weight behind the nipple. Yeah. Putting past them. <laughs> I mean, like, Can we chill? <laughs> do what you gotta do. I think a lot of people, like, I know for me, especially when it finally clicked in my head, like, oh, this thing I'm experiencing that is so negative and that's hurting the women I know and love. And the men I know and love is patriarchy. And the antidote to that is like this beautiful feminist movement. And so like, I think 
people do sometimes go a bit radical at first because it's like oh my gosh how come no one else has seen this like everybody's yeah. gotta wake up but then you catch your breath and it's like okay let's actually be a bit more nuanced here <laughs> yeah I mean like a big thing for me is like when like again it's it's similar with me like only recently have I been like somewhat okay with even the term feminist and like mm-hmm. it's honestly because like I look at people like my mom for example who was born in the 60s like my mom saw the result of the the feminist movement like right. my mom saw and like I always like I always pop my mom's tires too because my mom is incredible like not only has she faced breast cancer twice and like that in itself is unbelievable but like mm-hmm. my mom has worked in an industry that has and is still dominated by men my mom has worked in the construction industry for i want to say over a decade like oh wow she has worked yeah and so my mom like my mom was a project manager so she was the one going in saying you need to do this and you need to do this and you're an idiot do this this way and like you know what i mean and as mm-hmm. as a woman going into basically a construction site whether you know and, and my mom built like multi-billion dollar projects big you know um in uh not industrial big uh you know commercial spaces but my mom also built million dollar homes like she did cool. everything. yeah and you know i i i never once saw my mom ever you know she was going out to the middle of you know the nowhere muddy dirty construction site my mom was always in a heel. My mom was always in a, a pantsuit or wearing, like, really nice clothing, makeup, hair done. Incredible. But of course, my mom had the pink hard hat. You could never miss my mom on a construction site. Yeah. And I love that. You know, like, she would walk in there with her, you know, $70 high heel boots, not giving two hacks. Mm-hmm. And, like, can't get out of my way. I need to make sure you're doing this right. And Yeah. So my mom, having faced that through the 90s, the early 2000s, like, the 90s is really, like, it's hard because we've lived it for so long. Like, it's 2021, let's be real here. Like, you and I have really only ever experienced what, I'm not going to say true equality because that's, nothing is true or 100%, but we have Mm -hmm. truly seen what equality looks like in our lifetimes. But my mom saw that shift from women being silent and not doing anything and and either being an accessory for men Mm -hmm. to her busting guys balls in work sites because they're not doing things to code and she has to get Mm -hmm. up in their grill and tell them to do it right yeah yeah i think it's important to recognize like with any conversation about feminism i think it's so important to recognize like a how far we've come which is incredible like Mm. right now I'm going through a divorce and to think that like I literally wouldn't have been able to file for that like not even 50 years ago is insane or for me 20 years ago is still 1980 (laughs) (laughs) so longer than that but like my ex could have just locked me up in an asylum and walked away and that would have been that like so I just feel like it's important to have so much reverence and respect for like the feminists who did a lot of dirty work so that we could live the way we do today like we have come such a far long way but then and then the other part too is like in Canada in general if you live here like especially for you and me like we're pretty 
privileged as it is being 100%. like white women in Canada being like, yes, feminism. <laughs> it's like, all right, great. Now let's go to Poland. <laughs> yeah, like, so it's just, yeah, there's so many. I shouldn't laugh. That's feminism funny. is just such like a loaded topic, you know? Yeah. So that's why I like using the term Jesus feminist, which is like, I take zero credit for it. It's all Sarah Bessie, but I feel like it just, it adds for me and like my faith, especially just like a bit of nuance to it that I think opens more conversation for like, oh, what, what the heck? Like, let's talk about that. <laughs> well, on that topic, let, let us talk about that. <laughs> so, okay. So we kind of like, we, we talked about you you know experiencing all these things that have led you to this point of like realizing the church is kind of hecked up a little bit here (laughs) and we need to you know we're we're on the right path to fixing it but like with like let's talk straight straight up like the bible like i know that i struggle with certain things Mm -hmm. and you know i'm not alone in some of the opinions i have with some stories in the bible Mm-hmm. Um, some people will literally come after me with pitchforks if I say those ideas. <laughs> um, like <laughs> my ideas about like what the actual what actually happened in the creation. Well, not sorry, not the creation story. Uh, the story of Adam and Eve in the garden. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have some hot takes on that one. <laughs> Ooh, oh my gosh, I'd love to hear them. <laughs> Nothing thrills me more than talking uh, to people of faith and being like. I want you to explain to me exactly how you think that actually went down because (laughs) you will hear first of all some wild takes or some like very literal takes that it's like "Mm, I don't know about that jam. (laughs) (laughs) Well I mean the thing is is like I I, I don't know how emphasized original sin is with um like like with certain Christian churches again I I can only it's pretty big (laughs) okay there we go so um I know in the Roman Catholic Church like there's a reason that we go through all these sacraments and it's to wash away the original sin Um, right you know and and a big part is you know I I think like in in my experiences alone the original sin is basically gone the second you're baptized like it's like okay you're good clean slate mm, ready to go interesting and, and that's again that I, that's my experience that is my upbringing that's mm-hmm. what I have other people can argue what they'd like and that's totally valid yeah but for me it's like baptism is the act of you know not only embracing you into God's God's family God's church but it's also you know washing away that sin it's no longer your burden to bear um mm-hmm. and a big I know a big difference between the Roman Catholic Church and other Christian churches, and again, this is my experience, but for us, uh, and when I say us, I mean, well, I'm not going to keep ex- over-explaining. I'm going <laughs> to say us. We get <laughs> you. Us, when, you know, when we fear for another person, um, there's a big push for not converting. Like, with the Roman Catholic Church, I've always been in the mindset, been taught, you cannot force someone, you cannot convert someone. If they choose to come, they will, but it is not your job to make them come to the church. Like, that is our last, last thing on the list, like, of what we need to do is convert people or convince them to join our church. Right. The first thing is to pray for them in order to revoke that sin so that they can still enter the kingdom of heaven. Like, right. that's, we can pray the sin away for other people, basically. That is, a you know, my upbringing. Right. <laughs> if you're worried about so-and-so, pray for them 
you god will know that you are looking out for them cool all all is good all is welcome come on in like there's no fear we can do that so does that mean there's like a like very little emphasis on like missions and evangelism stuff yeah like i honestly in the roman catholic church like I've never heard about missionary work. I've never, and again, it could just be my church that I grew up with, yeah. right? But like, I never, and there was never like, oh, we're going on mission, like we're we're doing this, like it's you know, it shouldn't be special to oh, we have to go on a mission and do this. It should just be every day in your life you provide those acts to others, right? You always, you always are available. You always pray for. You always like. There's never. Uh, we have a special time when we go and do these things. Right. There's like-, like a lot of things about the Catholic Church that I actually do really like. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of similarities. I remember okay. growing up, it was always like, oh my gosh, the Catholics. Like, <laughs> they're not going to heaven. They pray to Mary. <laughs> Oh, it's yeah. like, okay, we're not that different. Honestly, though, come on. When I say we're the pagans of the Christians, we are the witches of the Christians. I mean, I kind of love it for you, though. But I think there's something powerful in, like, I think that I like, I don't like all the guilt and stuff that you see in a lot of Catholicism, but I do think there's value in, like, the emphasis on, like, no, you actually need to, like, take a hot minute to sit down and like think and say out loud where you've screwed up and what yes. you're going to do to be better because in the christian church it's very much like god's grace is everywhere it's all forgiven he died on the cross don't even think about it <laughs> i love the southern drawl i don't know why it just did that exit but you know what i mean it suits it you know it's <laughs> it does <laughs> well i mean like I, I guess everybody's always like, oh, the Roman Catholics do stiff upper lip, like, snooty. And I'm like, you know what? You can say what you want. But, like, honestly, we have a whole... Like, it's not just like we, we only have Jesus and God. We got the Holy Spirit. We got Mary. And we got all the saints. Like, we have our bases covered. <laughs> like, we're, well, there's just, like, such a beautiful, I think, emphasis, too, on, yeah, like, looking at the saints and... Um, yeah. Like, I... I'm sure in some churches it can be a little sketchy where it's almost like idolatry in a way, I guess. But, like, well, the mean, emphasis on, like, history and tradition. Yeah. Like, that's what also really draws me to, like, the Jewish faith, too, is, like, mm. there's this beautiful history and, like, this reverence for it that I don't think we have so much in a lot of, like, more of the evangelical space. But, yeah, like you've said, every church is totally different. Yeah. Like, my experience will be totally different than someone's whose church is literally down the road. So <laughs> it's true. I mean, one big thing, like it's like saying that idol the idolatry piece. Like I always get excited, you know, when when we look at a different female saint because there are quite a lot. Like I don't know what the numbers, because um, so you know, I'm not gonna even try and say there are more females than males because I know I'll have someone coming at me saying actually there's three more men you're gonna get cancelled I'm gonna get cancelled but there are a lot of female saints there's lots and lots and lots of them and you know people always say like isn't it hypocritical of the Roman Catholic Church to saint people because then you you pray to said saint and it's it's like it's kind of complicated because it's not quite praying to the saint we are praying through the saint 
<laughs> right. Makes sense. Interesting. <laughs> so, like, when we're praying, we are calling. We are almost. Oh God, the, the Catholics are gonna come for me. We are conjuring. <laughs> Listen, you're gonna get a lot of hate mail potentially. It's true. I'm going. But... I'm gonna get all three people to listen to this. They're all gonna. Come <laughs> me. Yeah, my dad will listen to it. So that's four for you at least. Oh, amazing. <laughs> um, but like the one one saint that I really I'm really into right now, and it's probably because I'm doing my bf or my b ed so you know elementary school teacher hopefully mm-hmm. um and it's saint catherine of bologna and like i'm not gonna lie for the longest time i said bologna <laughs> <laughs> and someone was like did you mean bologna italy and i was like oh no you're like kathy from bologna <laughs> good old kathy <laughs> but i mean she is like basically this like she was a, a, a nun who was a writer and a teacher and a mystic which I love the word mystic mm. I could make an entire podcast about that word you should. <laughs> but she was also an artist and like she is the patron saint of artists and also against temptation which you know I could use a little more of <laughs> chocolate in the cupboard is calling my name right now <laughs> but like she's just like I always I always when I finish a prayer, I either say, um, I went to St. Francis High School here in mm-hmm. Cowtown. Um, so I have a, a weird bond to St. Francis Xavier. Uh, just because I dig that saint. I think he was really beautiful. as a, When he was a human being, he was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, so I either always say, you know, in St. Francis's or in St. Catherine's name, we pray. I was named after St. Catherine. Um, uh, of Siena though, not of Bologna, which would have been so cool. But that would have been cool. <laughs> unfortunately, you could just lie and say you were named after the Bologna one. <laughs> the Bologna one. Remember <laughs> that Bologna thing? <laughs> <laughs> like my mom was really craving Bologna when she was pregnant with me. It just fit. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> but you know, it's I always love how the Catholic Church. We have all these like women that we can look to yeah. and pray through. Well, it's just crazy, like, one of my favorite things that Sarah Bessie says in her book is, like, the women have always been there. Like, how come we never talked about it? Like, they were always, and I know why we haven't talked about it, it's because, like, even when they were originally putting the Bible together to make, like, the official first version of the Bible, they changed Jania's name and added an S to it so that it would be read as the masculine version oh. and like totally erase the fact that she's a woman. We love so it's like they were trying to uphold certain patriarchal standards that they'd gone back to even though Jesus totally said to do away with those and they wanted to make sure that women's stories were not covered properly. <laughs> well, I mean... Everybody likes to forget that Jesus basically married a hooker. Like he did what? Well, like did you say he buried a hooker? Or he married, married. married. <laughs> yeah, he buried a hooker. <laughs> no, oh, I'm gonna get smitten. Lightning will strike. Oh my gosh. Yeah, there's just so many women. There's so many women, and like. I mean, whenever people ask or, like, challenge me on, like, well, what's your proof that, like, women should have authority or women should do stuff? Which is such a dumb question. Proof? 
I had this one guy who I'm not gonna name call him even though I should but he has a son and a daughter and he was trying to argue me with me that like men are more valuable so I was like okay so your daughter's just like rubbish then like she's street trash (laughs) he was like no 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 obviously not I love her and I was like okay but you're basically telling me that women are subhuman so like forget about her your son like he's the only worthy child of yours Mm -hmm. and he's like well no that's ridiculous and I was like well then why would Jesus say that you dummy like get your head out of your butt (laughs) I just there's a lot I found the most uh, productive tactic when talking to people especially online has just been like why don't we go for coffee or like can't do that nowadays because of COVID but I used to say that and nine times out of ten they just stop responding (laughs) Like, we can talk about it in person if you want, but it's <laughs> not productive to keep going back and forth on Facebook comments. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, the most basic thing for me is, like, in Genesis, the literal very first story of the very first book of our Bible, it talks about how Eve's job in the Garden of Eden was to help. And to help doesn't denote, like, a passive existence where you just pop out babies. Like, it's an active word. Like, mm-hmm. she was designed to, like, be a partner to Adam. Like, he wasn't sufficient enough on his own. Yeah. He needed her. That's not... And again, that just shows more, like, it's not to say men suck and we should be rid of them. Like, no, we need both people because both of them are different but equal in the value they can bring to the table totally so yeah it's just the most basic thing or like i love the story of now i can't even remember their name so (laughs) how much do i really love it mary and martha where jesus goes over to their house and like martha settles into the very traditional roles like she's gonna make food for jesus and all the disciples and mary's sitting at jesus's feet listening to him talk and Martha's like, hey, Jesus, can you tell her to, like, get to the kitchen and help me out? Like, come on. And Jesus is like, no, she deserves a space at my feet alongside the men. Like, he was educating her. He, like, affirmed that her space within that education was valid. And he was equipping her so she could go preach and have spiritual authority. Yeah. So there's just so many little nuggets so, like, I think we really gloss over, especially in, like, um, like kids' Sunday school class, you know? Yeah. And then you go into adulthood with all these assumptions, and it's just, there's a lot of context, too. Like, Totally. Personally, I don't love Paul, but <laughs> even, like, the most damning thing he said, like, that women should be silent, it's like, well, he was saying that to a church where women had only just been allowed to go to church. And so it was like putting someone who's never been to a church service into like a master's PhD level theology class. So of course they were going to have a ton of questions. Of course that was going to be an interruption. So what he was saying was, hey, hold on to your questions. Talk to your husband because he's had the chance to learn all this. Then you can come back next week and we can have everyone be productive members of the conversation. He wasn't saying shut up and never say anything ever again. Like we love contextual interpretation. We love context. <laughs> I mean, I think like the biggest thing for me, like when 
I don't know. I, I think I got the most excited about the Bible and like really thinking about it. Oh, honestly, when I was teaching grade one, I was te- I was in a Catholic school. I was teaching grade one religion, and it was probably like part of it was definitely the group of kids I had because they were hyped for religion. <laughs> They'd see the children's Bible on my desk and be, "We're doing religion today," and I'd be like, "Yes, Billy. Like every other day that we do religion, like every yeah. single day." that's incredible because you'd expect the opposite it's like why do we have to do religion they were just so hyped like they just whenever Jesus came up they were like I know Jesus I'm like yeah you do (laughs) he's my best friend (laughs) but like it was a few of like it was funny I had one boy who um he was uh Filipino and his grandma like very Catholic, super Catholic family. He would go mm-hmm. to church three times a week with his grandmother. Wow. So this kid knew more about the Bible than I did. Yeah. Um, and he may or may not have called me out a few times. Which yeah. I was like, look, like this kid could teach this gospel. <laughs> yeah, he's like, actually, the original Hebrew, if you do a proper <laughs> exegesis. <laughs> Let me take you back. 14,000 years. <laughs> <laughs> he but he was incredible and like he always had something to give but like the thing that like really got me was when I had a few of the girls actually say you know we, we talk about Jesus all the time but was there a girl like Jesus and I was like oh no I don't, I don't want to break the little hearts sweet babies sweet babies you know cause you're like, well, this is a great time to talk about the genderlessness of God. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. But a big thing that, like, they got excited about was when I, we started learning about the saints. Because in first grade, you know, it, you don't learn about all of them. There are quite a few. But, you know, mm-hmm. we introduced them to the idea of who a saint is and some examples. And when I brought in a class patron saint um, for our saint study, I found the only canonized First Nations Canadian saint. The only one. And she took her name from St. Catherine. Um, And I I hope to heck I'm saying this right. I believe it's pronounced St. Catherine Tikakwitha. Please nobody come for me. I'm I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, My pronunciation is probably out the window. Um, But she was our class patron saint and so you know the girls had not only a first nations woman to look to but they had a woman who was uh, like acknowledged by the church as a saint her actions mm. were so they were like woo like all of them yeah. so hyped um, that's awesome and that is one well thing. and that's so special for like those kids at such a young age to have that yeah because like I feel bad sometimes talking about this stuff because I'm like my parents did a really good job of raising me I promise <laughs> like they're super big allies of women like they literally would not be married if not because my mom is such a feminist <laughs> but like within the like religious side of growing up like it just wasn't really talked about like you hear stories of all like Jonah and the whale and Noah and the ark and like all these cool men it's like well the women are in there but like we just don't talk about them it's true it's it's it is tough because like 
and and especially with like it's um I might get into my spicy hot take of the uh, Adam and Eve story here, I don't know. <laughs> but it's like, I think the biggest downfall, especially for girls, is like, for a long time, and like, even I grew up with this, like, oh, it's because of a woman that we have the original sin that we're mm. not in paradise. And it's like, yo, hold the phone. Wasn't just yeah. Eve. Takes two to tango, yo. Like, yeah, exactly. Hold the phone. <laughs> so like yeah maybe maybe you know this is awful to say a lot maybe if Eve had only consumed of the fruit then maybe men would be in the in paradise and women wouldn't be but who tempted her also Oops. like if you want to take that story as literal it, I don't think it matters no, I, I think it was either. the flip of a coin Eve could have had like irritable bowel syndrome that morning <laughs> and been taking a poop and Adam could have been the one in the garden talking to Satan. Like, come on. Although, I feel like things are perfect back then, so you probably had really good poops. <laughs> like, there is no IBS. There were no GMOs. No. <laughs> things were fine. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the one big thing, I mean, oh no. This is where I'm, I'm going to get <laughs> do it. I dare you. Do it. Episodes. Okay. So, okay. When we talk about the original sin, when we talk about the story of the original sin. Right. The original translation, it was a pomegranate. Not mm-hmm. an apple. Not a banana. A pomegranate. If you are familiar with any kind of theology, and now I'm specifically hat-tipping to Greeks, the pomegranate is a symbol of who? Aphrodite. Aphrodite is the goddess of what? Love. Sex and lust. (laughs) No, she's not the goddess of love. She is the goddess of sexy. Oh, okay. (laughs) And sometimes there's some affection involved, but usually it's just pure carnal desire. Okay. (laughs) So, taking all that knowledge, which ancient Greek mythology has existed, I'm sorry, much longer than Catholicism, so they probably got the idea from somewhere so we have the pomegranate as the symbol of the original desire the the temptation right and the snake is there the snake is a representative of whom satan (laughs) i feel like i'm in like vacation bible school right now (laughs) uh jesus (laughs) so we have a pomegranate which is a symbol of sex we have a snake who is Lucifer? And also a phallic symbol in <laughs> itself. Thank you, I didn't even have to say it. So a snake is not only a phallic symbol, it's a symbol of Lucifer. Lucifer has the pomegranate, which is a symbol of sex. Eve did what? She had sex with Lucifer. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Wait. She told Adam. Did Adam partake of the fruit? Well, yes. Yes, he did. So... <laughs> I literally burst into flames. God smite me. <laughs> Lucifer, Adam, and Eve had a three-way. Boom! Mic drop. That <laughs> that is the wildest take I have ever heard. I've been listening to way too much Greek mythology lately. Oh my gosh, Katie! It's a wild take. 
maybe it wasn't a three-way. Maybe they just each individually had sex with Lucifer presenting as however he wanted. Fine. But point being, the original free translation was it was a pomegranate, and the pomegranate throughout almost all history is a symbol of like overindulgence, lust, sexiness. Like it's this extravagant, exuberant, absolutely annoying fruit to eat. Oh, I love pomegranate so much. But it's I'm like willing to spend the ten dollars to get it seeded. It's true. Because trying to get the seeds out of a pomegranate, it's like it's really a trial by fire. It (laughs) is. Or pomegranate juice. (laughs) Oh, it just gets everywhere and it stains everything. (laughs) But I mean, it's also. I mean, one could argue that that red stain. I'm not. I'm not gonna go there. Never mind. Okay, my point being, the, the initial sin used so much sexual symbology that I'm like, y'all, let's not be ignorant here. Let's not be silly willies. We're not going to tell small children that. But as an adult reading the Bible and you read all that phallic and snakes and pomegranates, which have also been, you know, paired to the vagine, like... Honestly, this is like... I feel like I'm reading like a Twilight fan fiction version of the Genesis story. <laughs> Stephanie Meyer, hit me up. I'll help you write this. But it's true, man. Think of all that overly sexual imagery that they used in there without even having to be explicit about it. They were literally pomegranate, a literal symbol of sex and lust, snake, a, do- a dog. <laughs> You're like, I can't make this up. It's right there. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like me. I'm going to have so feel many like... people coming for me. <laughs> I feel like I can't fully endorse this theory. Um, I'm, I'm going to have to think about it for sense. a while. I mean, I can see how you get there. Totally. I mean, ta- okay, totally. take away my, my hot take of the, the questionable three-way. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> take it away. What if, what if, okay rephrasing, rewinding. Okay, Eve and Lucifer do their thing thing. Eve goes and tells Adam, hey, yo, check out this tree. Adam goes, maybe Lucifer shows up as a hot man. You never know. You, ne- you never I mean, know. If you take it at its core, it's like... There's so much sexual imagery, it's ridiculous. And nobody, like, everybody I talk to, they're like, I never noticed. And then I go back and I literally, <laughs> like, before I was packing and moving, I, I would pull my Bible out and literally read them the passage and be like, oh my god. <laughs> I'm gonna pull it up. But if you take Bible. it at its core, it is like, um, committing a sin is the most basic theme, but like, basically, almost like committing adultery in a way, like, against. Because did they not somehow kind con- wasn't the word adultery used in the description that God gave? Well, it, yeah, in the, I feel like it was used somewhere. I really do feel like, honestly, I wish my Bible wasn't packed up. I know. I feel like a bad Christian. I'm like, anyways, I'm basically an expert on feminist <laughs> theology. <laughs> Where's my Bible? <laughs> Couldn't tell you. But it's like, because God, like, they betrayed him. They, they, they broke the trust. They committed a form of adultery. Yeah. Hello. Yeah, I just think it's so funny when people are like, well, Eve ate the pomegranate or whatever it is. When people say the apple, I want to smack them. I'm like, read the real Bible, please. Get your head out of that children's Bible. (laughs) But it's like, Eve did it. So women have always been temptresses from the gnat. 
and they're here to destroy our Eden. Oh, and yeah. it's like, okay, give me a break, sir. Like, let me let me just okay. uh, destroy. Oh, what's <laughs> insert the song Hellfire from <laughs> the Hunchback of Notre Dame? Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Women walk into a church. The song Hellfire begins. Oh jeez. <laughs> it's just yeah. It's I mean that story, and then also the church in general has just used yeah used a lot of religion and just like old crap and a bunch of BS to like limit women so that they're upheld like that patriarchal structure where like the man is the one with all the information with all the authority with all the ability like that's at the top and then the woman is like literally subhuman below so it's sad like I feel like today especially in Canada like the church is one of the final kind of strongholds of patriarchy and so that's why I love talking about this stuff is because it's like well actually like maybe some churches are but like Jesus is not and like yeah if you've ever thought like you can't have a relationship with Jesus because you think women have the value which is a wild concept I know (laughs) like (laughs) Which is how I felt. Like, I was seriously... I remember talking to my roommate being like, I don't know how I can be a Christian. Because, like, this message is so convoluted. Like, I've spent my whole life being told that Jesus loves me. And that he thinks I'm, like, the total bee's knees. But now I'm being told that I'm somehow less than. Or, like, not as important. Like, how does that make any sense? So, I think it's just such a special kind of revelation at least in my life and hopefully in others that like no Jesus was like a huge ally of like the marginalized and the women and like yeah he wanted to see people succeed and like truly he does love everyone equally which is great I mean I think the biggest thing that people always forget and it's honestly it's like a law because of western depictions of Christ and it's like Jesus was one of the most marginalized people there there ever has will be like he really was mm-hmm. like everybody was like nope he's cray cray don't listen to him but also yeah. he was a minority yeah. amongst minorities like mm-hmm. there was no he had everything against him but yeah. we see this blonde hair blue eyed Jesus painting almost so bald. funny to me <laughs> but again I'm like can we can we please remember where this, this these as people call them stories took place can please uh yeah it wasn't in, it wasn't in england it wasn't germany <laughs> it, it was in the middle east <laughs> yeah like 10 potentially when yeah. describe them as darker skinned <laughs> like well and know. it's important like i've had people say to me like oh like whatever like everyone gets it like yeah women and like minorities and all of that like Jesus loves everyone, like, stop yapping on about it, everything's fine. And it's like, well, no, it is important to talk about, because literally all we've been showing for years is that, like, here's this beautiful, white, strong savior, and he's only there for some people, you know? So it's like, it is important to talk about it, like... It just is, because representation really, truly does 
matter. Yeah. Like, it matters a lot. Like I said, seeing Eden uh, preaching on stage that one day at church, it was like, holy crap. Yeah. Because I finally saw myself and, like, the woman who my heart had just been breaking for for years. Like, I saw them represented on that platform and, like, okay, there is hope. Like, this is possible and we are seeing a change here. For sure. That's important. A hundred percent. I mean, yeah, I think that's the only, like, I <laughs> I, I challenge you, Roman Catholic Church. I'm going to take my challenge. I would love to see a female, like, a female priest. And, like, I gotta say, like, Pope Francis has really, I have never truly, like, I, the Pope has always been kind of this abstract, don't really care, you know, oh, it's a Pope, whatever, like, me. But I've never truly felt love towards a Pope before in my lifetime. Mm. To be fair, we, I haven't seen very many good ones. (laughs) (laughs) John Paul II, who? Yeah. Um... We'll forget about that one. But like, <laughs> but like just pretend that never happened. Just let's pretend. <laughs> but like Pope Francis truly is uh a, a pun intended, a godsend. He really yeah. is. Not only has he acknowledged the LGBTQ community, which is like, thank you. Like mm-hmm. it's how many years? It's 2021. Can we please? Honestly. And you know, he he's done so much. He has spoken for women. He is well not for women, but you know saying yeah. like, women have just as much of a voice like they are just as important he has spoken saying that anyone should be allowed to marry whoever they want as long as their love is true as god intended like you know it's just part of it it's and- well it's so encouraging like that's why i think it is important like while we call out patriarchy where it still exists and these really toxic systems that have come into religion even though they're totally against what Jesus and God intended like we do need to call it out and demand better but I think it's also important to like yeah look at how far we've come and also like there is hope like the answer for me at least and everyone gets to feel however they want but for me it's like the answer thankfully wasn't okay I have to abandon the church I have to abandon my faith like because they don't care about me it was like oh no there's actually a huge movement and like I'm so excited that when I have kids one day like they're gonna grow up in a world where like my daughter won't even think twice about being a pastor or like yeah. to pray out loud at church like that will just be the norm for her yeah which is so special totally um I guess to like cap this guy off because we have been going I know. <laughs> um, I well, did... listen, you can't have a podcast telling people to talk about what they're passionate about and then expect it to be like 15 minutes long. It's true. I feel like <laughs> the podcasts that are going to just be me are going to be like, okay, that was eight minutes long. Bye. <laughs> and then when we get people on here, it's going to be like three hours. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess like before, I, I should say before we cap it off, um, one thing that I, I think was really uh, kind of a liberating moment for me, and I would love to hear from you as well, like, I actually had one the other day, literally, like, it was because a friend of mine really pushed me to do this, like, I, um, outside of my podcast, um, I, and my YouTube, which I mentioned in my first one, I think I did, anyway, I do have a YouTube channel, that's the thing. Yeah, um, go subscribe, like, 
share <laughs> go go smash that like button isn't that goes. what they say yeah <laughs> it is what they say i don't say that though <laughs> okay i'm too shy i'm too scared smashing things is spooky um uh a friend of mine really encouraged me because i uh i post art on my instagram and stuff like i do digital art mostly and a lot of illustrative stuff uh Hence the uh, Bachelor's of Fine Arts degree under me belt. Um, and I did a piece recently of a character of mine um, holding a, a rosary that happens to be the colors of the LGBT flag. And I should say mm. happens, I definitely did that on purpose. Um, yeah. Just with, you know, the one of the uh, main, you know, sentences we say um, during Mass. And it's... Um, and it was really hard for me because, like, I, I drew it and I was like, oh, this makes me feel so good. Like, it's a really important piece for me. Uh, I think I posted on my Instagram yesterday. I don't know if uh, you saw it, but it it's it reads, Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world, grant us peace. And it's, like, one of the main lines that we say during Mass. Um, I've been listening to a lot of Mass lately. Uh, I found a podcast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> called daily tv mass and it's done by the toronto well it's sponsored by the toronto catholic school board but it's canadian uh church that they just record mass and post it online uh good old covid made us yeah um but you know we say that line especially during catholic mass you know we say lamb of god take away the sins of the world uh have mercy on us and then we say it a few times then we say uh lamb of god yada yada grant us peace and I think that that line is so important um, mm. because I think that, you know, asking for for peace, you know, we always say, oh, world peace, blah, blah, <laughs> but <laughs> and it's a great sentiment. Don't get me wrong. World peace would be lovely. Um, but personal inner peace. And that's something that I think a lot yeah. of us struggle with. I struggle with inner peace a lot. Um, totally. And so I was petrified to post it, and I, I hinted at it to, I have a, a Patreon where people, for some reason, decided to give me money every month, because they like to <laughs> um, uh, And I hinted at it, and a fr- my friend who really pushed me to share it, she is also one of my patrons, she said, if you don't share it, I will. <laughs> so I finally posted it, and I've been getting a lot of good feedback on it. Um, mm-hmm. And it was kind of like a, an affirmation because, especially in the online community, in the art community online, there's a lot of like, no, the church is bad, no, religion is bad, unless you're like pagan or Wiccan, and then then that's that's fine. You express right. what you want. And I'm not saying that, you know, I was pagan. I practiced Nordic paganism. I have Nordic pagan tattoos on my body because it was that important to me one that was a big part of my life and I will never discredit that part of my life I still look back on it with a lot of love it brought me out of a really bad place mm-hmm. um, and I still value it I still you know I, I, I it's weird to say that but I still feel the comfort and presence and love of those gods that I was praying to even today even though I'm uh, practicing Catholic um, because, you know, in my brain, you know, how I rationalize the world, I think that all of the gods that are out there, that are believed in, uh, do exist. And, you know, to each person is their own. They, you know, it's almost like... It's, Burn her! I'm just kidding. <laughs> but Imagine I, I just have, totally turn on you. Just suddenly it's like <laughs> knives out. <laughs> <laughs> But, like, it's almost like that, I don't know if you've ever seen that really, really bad episode of South Park, where, uh, all of, I think it's the League of Super or something, I can't, it's so, it was so blasphemous, 
it was I'm not gonna lie, it was kind of hilarious. But like all of the like Ganesha was there and the Buddha was there and Jesus was there, Santa Claus was there. <laughs> like, <laughs> they were all together and like all of all of the gods were like talking to each other and like, yeah, we gotta do this, that, that. <laughs> and like honestly, that's how my dumb little baby goblin brain kind of rationalizes things. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that makes sense, that would work. <laughs> They're all just hanging up up in the clouds talking. <laughs> but, but like, I've always been in this like space where it's like, no, you can't talk about Christianity or Catholicism. It's bad. Mm. And so now to be like, I'm finally affirmed and told that I am not bad for these things. Yeah. Because it's it's strange how you know the university can kind of be its own little bubble and. The rest mm-hmm. of the world is not so much that bubble, so... Yeah, I mean, those things, they carry a lot of baggage, right? Like, I don't think most people are neutral on the subject of religion. Yeah. Or feminism, or whatever, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, it's a, they're big. Yeah. <laughs> Have you had a moment, maybe recently, or, you know, one that's maybe really stood out to you in, in life that kind of really made you feel like confident in your faith? Ooh, that's such a good question. Oh, yes. I hit you with oh. the right at the end. Dane. <laughs> I'm like, flashbacks to having to give my testimony at Bible camp. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think for me, it's just like, I'm trying to think of how I describe it. Just, I mean, for me, like, I'm very much like my dad. We're both very like logic driven but then I also have my mom's like the ooey gooey mushy heart side too yes so for me it's like logically I just think there's no possible way any of this life exists without God being there you know like you look at how complex a human hand is on itself and it's like there has to be a God and like why not be this Christian God and he stands for a lot of great things and I love her or whatever gender you want to assign them and so yeah are you a god as a woman kind of gal I don't think god has a gender but it's a very fun topic to bring up at family reunions like when I asked my sweet grandmother oh how big do you think god's genitalia is (laughs) (laughs) and because everyone was like well no like god is a man and bless her heart she's the sweetest i love her so much she was like well dear you know i've never thought about it you know what he is genderless in a sense isn't he it's like god bless you god bless her (laughs) but i think just for me it's like i just have always felt very deeply like that there's something bigger than me out there that is like looking after me and yeah just that sense of being like protected and being loved and like even this past year I know 2020 has been insane for literally everyone but um especially just with going through a divorce and other stuff it's like you know I had no idea you were getting divorced like I yeah fun fact (laughs) jeez I know part (laughs) the crap show for you jeez Part of me is like, I remember laughing with my friend saying, part of me, it's awkward because it does just come up randomly still with some people and they're like, wait, what? And then 
But the other part of me is like, well, what am I going to do? Like, issue an official statement to the media? Like, (laughs) I'm Angelina Jolie being like, I regret to say that we have decided to part ways. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, just like (laughs) this year, there's been so much change for me. And just like never once have I doubted like, oh, there is like Jesus like literally loves me through all of this. And like, this is all gonna work out. And I don't know what it looks like, but like I suffer from a lot of anxiety in the day to day. And I just like have never once felt anxious about that. Like, nope, this is gonna be like made for good. And like good is gonna come from all of this. So yeah, I think just an overwhelming feeling. It's hard to describe, just like a very spiritual level like abundant love which yeah i love (laughs) (laughs) gotta love love right yeah like i grew up on like narnia and all of those books and so i've always in my head like god has always kind of visualized for me in my head as like a lion like aslan like i was gonna say the second you said narnia i was like god is aslan yeah that silky voice as well yeah yeah the Liam Neeson voice and I just had like so many like just very clear like pictures in my head and like dreams and visions in my mind of like just Aslan standing by my side like he does with Lucy and it's like no I'm here you've got this like you've got the dagger you can kick ass you're fully equipped but like I'm still here Okay, so. that is that is the but oh Alex, you couldn't have said the cutest the cute, more cute. <laughs> that is so cute. Like, yes, I just man. love it. Yeah, like there's this really good verse in Matthew. Let me see if I can find it. I have it as my background on my phone, oh, which is oh. so nerdy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like one of those Instagram Christian girls, you know. <laughs> You do um, make really good word art. I'm not gonna lie, it's always very thank nice. Thank you. I'm starting to sell it. Holden Home Goods on Instagram. Go check it out. Please. Settle not to make settle that bug. bug. <laughs> make that bread or whatever the <laughs> TikTokers say. <laughs> make that bread. Yeah, but my favorite verse is it's Psalm 45 and the Message version, which is like very sacrilegious to some people, but I think it puts stuff so nicely. But it says, now listen, daughter, don't miss a word. Forget your country. Put your home behind you. Be here. The king is wild for you. And I just love that. So wait, okay. You said something, uh, the the message version? Yeah. So there's like the King James version of the Bible or like the NIV. So there's a version called the message, which is like, I always recommend it to people who are just like starting out to read the Bible because it puts things and like it almost reads more like a book than it does like a Bible, a traditional Bible. So yeah, whenever I pull it out in like my theology classes in school, it was like that version is sacrilegious. <laughs> it's not one of the originals. It's not Ooh. legit. But I just like, I love, I don't think the other versions put that verse so nicely but just the wording of like the king is wild for you like yes 
God just like thinks I'm the bomb. Actually, I remember my mom always tells this story of me being in Sunday school and my mom and dad came down to pick me up at the end of the service and all the kids in my kindergarten class were just bawling their eyes out and I just came walking out of the class with my little like treat and my little drawing that I did like proud as a peach and they were like Alex like what's going on like how come everyone's crying and I just turned to them I guess and was like well I just told them that I'm Jesus's favorite and that's that (laughs) (laughs) so I guess I've just always felt very confident like Jesus is obsessed with me he thinks I'm freaking awesome so why would I believe anything different (laughs) oh my gosh that is like that's amazing yeah So, does that answer your question? I hope so. (laughs) Yes. Oh, that is fantastic. Okay. (laughs) I'm Jesus' favorite. Oh, viral. Yeah. Yeah. Don't care. They found me this little plaque that I have on my piano that says, I'm Jesus' favorite. (laughs) Oh, man. That's. Fantastic. Yeah, so I challenge all women to live their lives as they navigate religion with the audacious belief that out of every single human being that's ever existed or ever will, you are literally Jesus' favorite. favorite. <laughs> oh, man. And then, how could you not think that you deserve to preach or lead or whatever? Go off. <laughs> Okay, last question, and then we will wrap this up. I feel like I'm keeping you awake. (laughs) Oh, it's like one in the morning. Not quite. Hold on. Don't be so. It's it's twelve thirty. Okay. (laughs) Relax. That's reasonable. I don't get panicked till like one thirty. Then I'm like, oh, I guess it's bedtime. (laughs) Okay, last question. Who are your favorite women in the Bible? Oh, such a good question. Hmm. I don't know. That's very hard. That's like, (laughs) I feel like I don't necessarily have a favorite woman from the Bible, but I have like definite favorites of like female theologians that live today or around this time. Mm -hmm. You know, like I think I'll always have a special place in my heart for Mary from the Bible just because I think that story of her and Martha is so powerful and like just such a smack down of like is that woman have value. Oh, uh, sure. <laughs> I'm just trying Maybe. to there's cuz there's a, there are several Marys in the Bible. I'm thinking Mary, yeah, it's, Mary and Martha. Yeah, it's Mary and Bethany. So Mary and Bethany was Martha. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that one. And then Junia. I love her. She's dope. And I think it's also interesting how they tried to make her a man so that they could uphold this idea that men are the only ones capable of preaching. (laughs) Well, isn't there the book of Ruth? Yeah, Ruth is cool. (laughs) Ruth's story is, like, kind of crazy because everyone really like romanticizes it it's like oh just wait for your Boaz and it's like okay she was basically had to be a sex worker like she was the lowest of the low like this isn't some like cutesy 
Harlequin <laughs> romance novel. This is like <sighs> life or death. This it's is true. A Tom Cruise action movie. Come on. <laughs> it's true. Oh, I remember like several girls being like, oh, Boaz. Like, um, hold on. That's Christian Girl Instagram. I'm just waiting for my Boaz. Oh, man. That's brutal. Yeah. But yeah, I would say just to go off of what I said earlier is that, like, just people who I think are doing really awesome work right now, you should check out our Sarah Bessie, obviously. She's from BC. So she's like a good local Canadian gal. She's a good Canadian gal. I just love her so much. She, like, her book reads like come sit by the fire let's pour a glass of wine sister let's talk about this it's just so lovely so yeah jesus feminist is a must read if you have listened to this episode and are thinking "Ooh, i'm interested in more or she's crazy yeah i'm gonna read this book and get mad about it either way you (laughs) should go buy it so (laughs) get her money and read it support her support a queen and then Lisa Bevere is really good too. Yeah. She has a book called Lioness Arising, which is very, very well done. And then there's someone else. What's her name? Oh, Nadia Boltz Weber. Oh. She's a Lutheran pastor. Oh. And she is just like Spitfire. She's like got tattoos. She's just like the coolest, Lady. most badass chick. I love her. She's a good follow on Twitter. Now I just wish that we had a Catholic version. Damn it. Yeah. You should be the Catholic version. I do have tattoos and I do have controversial opinions about the original <laughs> sin. Well, there you go. <laughs> Catch me on Twitter. I'll tweet Donald Trump and his head will explode. Wait, no, didn't he get kicked off Twitter? Yes. Oh, amazing. He's banned. 2021. <laughs> we are going off with 2020. What a world. <laughs> what a world. <laughs> All right. Well, I feel like I've taken up enough of your time. Alex, thank you so much for coming on to Chop a Job. Thanks for having me. This is such a pleasure. Oh. I'm so sorry that I disappointed you off the top by not liking coffee, I'm, but I'm glad I'm, I was allowed to keep talking. I suppose I can forgive that carnal sin. <laughs> yeah. Not loving coffee and being on my podcast. Yeah. <laughs> not loving coffee? Maybe Jesus doesn't think you're his favorite. Maybe... <laughs> Maybe you just need to get the right cup of coffee into you. You know what? I uh, I will get. Next time you hear from me, Alex will enjoy coffee. I will make <laughs> it my mission to make her Perfect. the best cup of coffee she has ever had. Good. <laughs> okay, Alex, you're gonna have to come over. I'm gonna have to make you a French press. Ooh, fancy. Oh yeah. So I'll hand grind your beans. Oh. <laughs> that, oh no, that sounded oddly. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'll hand-grind the beans that will go into the French press for your beverage. I'm sorry. Perfect. Okay. Well, now that I have sinned, let's end this podcast yeah. off. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you again, Alex, for being on the podcast. It was such an mm-hmm. incredible pleasure. You are wonderful, and I hope to have you on again soon. Thank if you. If you liked what you heard today, and you don't want to hear my annoying voice, you should go check out Alex's podcast, Scarlet Letter Women. It is available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and basically anywhere you can get your podcast these days. Mm-hmm. Just like you can find Java Jab on basically anywhere you can get your podcasts these days. Please do not forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts so more people can hear my annoying voice. And Have you left yourself a review? I should probably do that. 
<laughs> I did that. Loud wheeze. In, insert loud wheeze here. <laughs> <laughs> they don't fact check it. They won't delete it. <laughs> oh, perfect. Excellent. I'm really like six. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that's all I have for you guys this week. I will see you in a fortnight. Ooh, threw that one in there. No, not the game. I'll see you in two weeks, folks. Thank you again, Alex. Thank you all for listening. And I hope you have a wonderful evening. <laughs>